The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 with Elevon Merchant Services. Growing your business is easy peasy with us by your side. Now, 9.31 and uh, we have our guest who's just joined us live in studio this morning. She is Alison Kyo. Good morning, Alison. Hi, how are you? It's very nice to meet you. Um, I, I, I joke that I retired from sport at the age of nine um, voluntarily <laughs> <laughs> because it's some, it, it just wasn't really for me. Um, I, do you think that some people are naturally sporty and some people just don't have it in them? Uh, maybe, yeah. Although I think sport is one of those really inclusive things where there is a spot for everybody. Mm-hmm. So even if maybe your talents aren't on the field as such as a, a player or an athlete, you know, there's so many other avenues that you can get into it with. So much like myself with officiating, but also like management or yeah. things like that. So I think it can be for everyone. It just, just you know, it depends where you go into it. And it depends on what school you go to. You know, some Absolutely. schools will say, right, yeah. you're a gay man or yeah. you're, you're a camogie woman or you're a rugby person or whatever sport it, it, yeah. it might be. So tell me about your school and in terms of what you were encouraged to do. Yeah, so, um, well, my secondary school, I suppose, is really where my sporting interest really took off. So I went to uh, Loretta Beaufort in Rathfarnham um, and hockey would be our school sport. Um, So that's, I suppose, um, how I got into it. And then I suppose there was a family connection as well. So when the two combine, it kind of just made sense that that would be the sport that I'd go into. Well, share with us the family connection. Um, So my dad used to umpire hockey. um, So he would have been an official or a referee as well. Um, Way back like before I was in school um, and hadn't been in the sport actually for a long time. But again, I suppose then when I picked it up, you know, he had that interest in what I was doing and mm-hmm. same with my sister who who came after me. So, um, yeah, it just, it, it made sense. There was that interest there. So you played the hockey a lot. Yeah. You loved it, obviously. Uh, did you have amb- ambitions to be, you know, go all the way with it as a player? Uh, well, no, because I think I was probably one of those people that... You knew, you knew, <laughs> yeah. you knew your limits? I, I knew my limits. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I was involved in it. I, I you know, it took up an awful lot of my time. I joined yeah. a club, uh, Three Rock Rovers, um, but I was very aware that I was going to be a, a club player <laughs> and probably nothing else. <laughs> I love the name Three Rock Rovers. Sounds like a definitely a comic uh, first <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from the 80s. But that's obviously Three Rock up in like Dublin Marley Mountains. Yeah. 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 Okay, so you joined the club. Um, so you were interested in playing the game at that level. Yeah. And all was fine. Yeah. Now I noticed the umpire. I I I thought referees, of course, but yeah. you're not a, not a referee. They're called umpires. Yeah, so there'd, there'd be two referees. What we call them umpires on a hockey pitch uh, ordinarily. So you would be in control of a, a scoring area each, and then yeah. after that you share the pitch. But you have equal responsibility. So it's not like football where there's a you know a head referee and then there's assistants or linesmen. It's it's the two of you are effectively a team. So it's like Northern Ireland, the uh, first minister, deputy deputy <laughs> first minister, but both completely the same power levels. <laughs> yeah, much much like that. Yeah. I have to give the analogy <laughs> <Yeah>. to politics <laughs> in order to kind of get a handle on yeah. it. So how did you go then from, Alison, from going from, you know, playing the game and loving it to, to umpiring? I mean, did you kind of have one eye as you were playing with your hockey stick, uh, one eye on the umpires going, that's an interesting job? Or were you just, uh, you know, influenced by what your dad did? Or how, yeah, where, where did was, that happen? it was definitely more the family connection. Okay. So I suppose at, at club level, you know, things got... Um, a little bit more competitive, you know, when you're playing senior hockey. Um, and so I suppose I, I began to ask him. He ended up umpiring a lot of my games uh, with the Awkward. club. So, yeah, well, not initially. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we ended up, you know, I would ask, well, what was that for? And, and, and look to understand the rule. Okay. And then I suppose the the more you understand, the more you start to question. So um, eventually it came to a point 
where I was told, well, you know, give it a go yourself. Um, and I suppose at that time then, because I had questioned the rules and knew them, um, I, I suppose I wasn't afraid of the whistle. I think that's often a lot of people, if you give them a whistle, they're like, oh, no, I, I don't know what to do. Or Tell me I about that. Possibly. I mean, are you talking about people who uh, who want to be umpires but are too nervous about it? Is this a confidence thing? Is it a self-belief yeah, thing? I think so. But also, I suppose a lot of clubs, you know, particularly at the lower levels, you, you need people that will umpire your games um, and so they're often we don't have enough qualified people or you know official people to actually do it so you'll often have club members will umpire each other's games yeah. um, and so there might be rodas or things like that that you use and so often when it comes to somebody's time they go oh <laughs> I, I don't, do don't want to do it I'm afraid ner- to nervous. yeah yeah you don't want to make a mistake nobody really I suppose wants to um, make a major game changing decision or or to miss something yes. um, and I suppose if you don't have confidence in the rules or in, in exactly what to do where to stand it, it can be intimidating initially so, so do you go to umpire training school or you know, <laughs> do you have to earn your wings like we're talking about pilots? Yeah, so there'd be, I mean, we have multiple things within Ireland that there'd be fundamental courses where you can learn about the rules and then learn maybe some of the kind of the theory about where you stand and then we'd have some practical workshops that we kind of help people then to say, mm. well, actually, maybe you should think about going here. But I mean, you only really learn the tool on the pitch. Okay. You know, that's where you, you get your, your, your time and everything. So, um what would have happened with me is I would have gone out and people would have watched me and then given me feedback and kind of said, well, think about this or you need to change that. And then you just end up going up and up and up. And then that never changes, even at, you know, the highest level. You'll still get feedback in every game. So OK, uh, uh, feedback strikes me as being a very mixed emotion of a word. Uh, <laughs> feedback can be criticism. It can be which it can also then break that down, can be constructive or just annoying. Yeah. Uh, depending. So how do you how, how are you with feedback? Um, well, good now. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough. Yeah, yeah. After what? What happened? Yeah, yeah. No, no, it was like, I mean, I think, again, I suppose if you're in um, the pathway where you have mentors or, mm-hmm. or people that I suppose, you know, have been through it before, then then they will be very aware and cognizant that we only get people to keep going if, if we have constructive feedback. Right. So, you know, um, the positive, the thing to work on and then the positive again. Um, so, I, you know, I would have been surrounded by people like, Carol Metchett, who would have been an international at the time, and, and and people that would have mentored me and and given me constructive, useful feedback. Um, now, in saying that, you know, we've had the tough conversations, and and again, the higher you go, there are times where people have to be quite blunt. But I think one of the key skills as a as an umpire or any official is the ability to self reflect and and kind of look sure. back yourself and go. How much truth is there in that? You know, what can I take? What can I dismiss? What can I do to move forward? And and if you can build that, then feedback becomes easy. All right. And <laughs> what about uh, presence to make your presence felt? I mean, you have to be in charge, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and for me, that was one of the, the big things because I'm physically quite small. So, you know, um, initially at 18, 19 and, and being quite small, people said, you have to make yourself you know, known out there. Um, how so do you do that? How do you not puff yourself up because that sounds pejorative, but how do you make yourself big? Big. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's a good way of <laughs> well, it. that was the what I was told is you have to make yourself make yourself, big. What do you so, do? Well, at the time starting off, it was very much like, you know, big like signals with your arms or kind of very expressive um, Mm. facial expressions. Um, But then again, the higher you go, the more people get to know you, they know your style, the more you can tone that down. And I suppose with confidence comes 
a natural presence as well. So True. it's just about tweaking it and kind of knowing when to step in and be big and then knowing when to, to go back into oh, the that. That reminds me of a great story about Marilyn Monroe. Uh, she was walking down um, a street in Manhattan with her friend and she was buttoned down with a hat and a scarf and she was just and the friend said gosh, you know, I'm walking along the street with Marilyn Monroe and no one's looking at you or st- stopping you for an autograph or what have you. It was obviously all those years ago. And she said, do you want me to be Marilyn? And I said, yeah, be Marilyn. So she took the hat off. <laughs> she took the scarf off. She put the shoulders out. She walked along yeah. and they couldn't get more than an inch. Yeah. So that's about... Something similar, yeah. 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 You're, you're the Marilyn Monroe <laughs> of the hockey world. Oh uh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we won't go with that one. Let's no. keep going. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. In terms yeah, of making yeah. yourself present, you need to yeah. stand out. And yeah. in, that, in that way, you could be reading a book in the corner room, no one would know you were a hockey umpire, but then yeah. match day, you're on. Yeah, you have to switch it on. Yeah, and know when to and, and then when to say, go back. Yeah. Do, do, does it does it spill into your working life? Because you have another job. If you Can you tell us what that is? Yeah, or? so um, I'm a, a researcher in UCD um, and then I do a little bit of lecturing as well. So um, my area would be digital health. So What does that mean? Um, yeah, so I was a physio by background. So I suppose um, activity and, and healthcare were always of, a, of an interest uh, to me. So um, I, I went back and I did a PhD and then after that um, I went into research in the Inside Centre for Data Analytics. So we would work a lot with um, technology. So phones, Fitbits, you know, wearable devices that can enhance or, or monitor health conditions. So we look to kind of help people use technology to, to measure or monitor their health. OK, so the technology complements somebody's day to day exercise yeah. or whatever. Do you do that? Do you do when you finish a day? Do you look at your steps? Uh, I, this is the worst time to say I actually don't wear one. <laughs> you see, this is this is so funny. You know, it's like the cobbler's <laughs> children never has shoes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you don't wear a, a, a Fitbit or what about your? Doesn't your phone tell you how many steps? Yeah, you've done? yeah. So if I have that on me when I'm walking around, then I can check my steps and stuff. I I would have like a heart rate monitor that I use for my training, so I can see how kind of heavy I'm going. But in terms of just normal steps and you, stuff, yeah, I, don't, I don't. But you have that. to be physically fit, don't you? for the job and you, yeah. do you have to pass fitness tests in order? Yes. Yeah, so well, we why would, do you have to do that? Well at international level we would have three fitness tests that we would do a year so every four months we would submit um, tests so we would do um, repeated sprints and then something like a, like the bleep test so kind of a, an endurance test yeah, yeah. Um, and I suppose it, it's so that you can keep up with the players so the levels we would have to get to would be very similar to what international players have to get to um, you know you're, you're going out there you're you're representing the sport. So, yes. you know, you, you need to be as athletic as the players are. They're putting all that time and effort in. I suppose you need to be make sure that you can keep up with them and, and also show that you're, you know, there with them. OK, you go back a step to you. So you're researching and, and your academic endeavours. Do, do you, as I say, the question I was asking was about how you can apply maybe the discipline yeah. Um, some of the, the factors that you need as an umpire can you, do they apply to the, your professional life? Absolutely and I, I think that's one of the great things about sport is, is that you can see so many parallels to like r- real life if yes. you want to call it that so um, problem solving would be a huge thing so you know if I'm having an issue with, with how I'm umpiring um, you know I'll have to go back and say where is it coming from what do I need to do and it's exactly the same as research you know what is it that we don't know and, and what do I need to do to find out so how we it, can figure it out. It, so again, yeah. complementing one one with the other. Yeah. You know when you're going into, you, I mean, you'd be at um, kind of World Cup level um, for in terms of umpiring and all that yeah. kind of thing. And the big the, those big match. I'm sure every match you treat the same. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, those big maybe high high pressure international mm-hmm. games, and you're going into 
you know, that morning you kind of got to, I presume you have to kind of, it's like I would have my TV nights would be quite big. Yeah. And you know, watch what you eat and watch what you, you know, your rest. And, you know, you've got to be, as you say, physically yeah. competent, if you like. But what do you do to get in the zone musically? Uh, what are you listening to? Do you do you do you listen to Yeah, us? most of us will probably have some sort of playlist or something that we kind of turn to, to like just a Spotify kind of playlist. Yeah, exactly. Have um, you got one? I've made one for myself and What's and, it called? And, well it's just called matches. Is it? <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah. good enough. Yeah. No, no, if, yeah. if you had, if you if you were to release a compilation album, <laughs> yeah, it would make perfect sense if you call it yeah. Matches by Alison Q. I, that makes perfect sense. So tell us what sort of stuff is on there. Um well it's not my usual listening, so um there's actually a lot of You're already in denial. I mean just yeah. just own it. <laughs> a lot of Dutch house music actually. Actually, yeah, which is yeah, definitely not what I usually listen to. So because, you know, you're at stadiums and, and they always play, you know, those big songs to get people pumped up. And so I that I would associate that with my matches and, 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 and you know, the, the big areas. Okay. And the, so it's like the a trigger, arenas. a yeah. trigger of excitement it's, and big crowd. exactly what it is. Yeah. You know, so there's certain songs when they come on. Dutch house music. I just go hockey. Yeah. Well, hockey, Dutch, you know, the, okay. the, the, yeah, it's no, the home of hockey. So, is that what it is? Okay, yeah, so effectively. I, I, yeah. They're, they're the best in the world and a lot. All of our tournaments and stuff w- would happen there. So, uh, yeah. what else is on there? Come on, um, just anything upbeat. Um, I know. I know that a lot of uh, high high octane athletes I inter- interview often talk about Eminem, lose yourself, and yeah. uh, I do have one or two Eminems in there. Yeah, um, yeah. Anything that you know, just yeah. kind of raises that heart rate okay. a little bit. Or, this is yeah. not your usual thing that you're not, you know, heading into work in UCD of a morning with no. uh, Swed- Swedish House Mafia or whoever. <laughs> Dutch House music, yeah. whatever. <laughs> Good mixing myself up. Or, uh, you get to see a lot of the world uh, as well, Alison, I take yeah. it, in your yeah. travels. That must be a total bonus to Absolutely, the whole Absolutely, yeah. It's brilliant. I've, I've been pretty much on every continent with, with hockey, so it, it, it's brilliant, yeah. Um, a text says, my husband umpires with our club, uh, within our club matches. He jokingly says that when he umpires a, a women's match and gives a free or whatever against them a week later, he can still get accosted for the decision. <laughs> on the other hand, in a men's match, they argue with him on the pitch, but accept that decision ultimately. <laughs> that is a quite a gendered uh, <laughs> message there by your text. No comment. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, there, there's differences in how you would, um, I suppose, uh, umpire a men's game and a Why, women's game. What are game. the differences? Well, there would be. So I, I would actually find the men's game is a lot more vocal, um, but it tends, they're not wrong in saying it tends to be vocal there and then, that it's just a kind of a reaction or... Okay, so the text um, is quite accurate then. Yeah, think? well, I wouldn't necessarily say that the, the women... Follow you, you yeah, there yeah. a week later <laughs> yeah. and say, by the way, about that thing, yeah, I, I'm festering here no, for the week. No, everyone's just as good as doing that as, as each other. Yeah. <laughs> Humans are good yeah, at yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the difference being, so men will, will, as you say, be vocal and then that's it, decision made next. And the yeah, difference being... Yeah, I suppose, look, the game is a little bit faster naturally. Um, and so there's not enough, there's not as much time for them to to keep going yeah. <laughs> in terms of how they speak to you. And it would be the same international level. You know, they, they just don't have time. We have a self-pass in hockey. So if you give a free, someone can literally just run with the ball themselves. They don't have to stand and pass. So that means that there's very little time for any players to turn around and have a conversation with you because they're just going to get left behind. So, yeah. yeah. I never understand how there are not more injuries in, in hockey. It, that ball and those sticks, like it's <laughs> ferocious. But obviously that's the skill of, of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you're, you've got the travel ahead in the next couple of weeks and then Spain in June. Yes. For the World Cup. Yeah. Um, and Ireland are 
how are they doing? Um, so it's probably actually been tough for them because um, a lot of the um, European-based teams um, are in this competition called the Pro League that, yes. that Ireland aren't in. Um, so I think they're actually heading to Japan to try and get some practice games and, and stuff in. So, uh, I mean, from a, it's, it's good that the, the under-21s were just over in South Africa at the Junior World Cup. So again, they've come back with tournament hockey experience and they're on a bit of a roll. So um, we'll just see how the girls do now when they, they, get a, they, they head away. But I mean, look, they surprised us last time. So yeah, I remember yeah. when they came into the, the, the Late Late Show, the the buzz. Absolutely. But there's yeah. a buzz around the country. Yeah. And then as a team, they seem like <clears throat> excuse me, a lovely bunch of people who love playing together and who doesn't want to wear the green jersey ultimately. Yeah. And you're wearing the green jersey for us over there as an umpire. So yeah. under thank- my yellow, yeah. <laughs> under your yellow. But we'll say, you know what I mean by that, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, it's been great to talk to you and thank you for your insight thank into you. this. It's, it's, it's a world I, I know too little bit about, but uh, certainly more enlightened now after our chat this morning. Alison Kyo, good luck with it all and thanks, thanks for being with much. us this Cheers. morning. Thank you. At 13 minutes to 10. Mm-hmm.